Listen, if you're always running to the bathroom and sometimes just can't make it, we need to talk. You're not alone. I was just like you until I spoke to an expert physician about axonics therapy. It changed everything. It didn't just give me bladder control, it gave me my life back. Axonics therapy is not another drug. It's just a tiny device you barely have to think about. And it can give you real, lasting relief. You can even try it out first to make sure it works for you. Just take the first step. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. It's time to get your life back. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if axonics is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. Risks can result from axonics therapy that may require surgical intervention. Available by prescription only. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. Hello, what a guest I have today. You are welcome to another episode, no, to the episode of Fascinated. From now on, when I get asked what my podcast is about, I'm going to say, just have a listen to the Jackie O episode. If you like what you hear, please do leave a lovely review, as apparently that helps other people find us. So five stars, please, nothing less. Also, this show is not regular. I put up episodes when I have them, so make sure you're subscribed wherever you downloaded this one and turn your notifications to on, so in that way you won't miss an episode. Okay, on with the show. Hello, you are very welcome to another episode of Fascinated. My guest today is the former lead singer of the Shillelagh Sisters and ex of Bananarama. It's Jackie O'Sullivan. I've been a Bananarama fan since day one. My day one. The first album I ever got was a copy of their Greatest Hits collection on cassette and I got it from Santa Claus. That year, I discovered pop music when I heard I Want You Back. If you know I Want You Back, you'll know that it's a big, undignified pop banger. My dad had showed me how to tape songs from the radio and I'm sure he regretted it when I played that song for the whole summer. At that time I was too young to buy smash hits, but I'd seen my friend's copy at school. I'd seen Bananarama and I was a big fan. The greatest hits arrived and I was pretty confused to be honest. Who's your one on the front? Where's Jackie? Had she left? Santa had really screwed this up. Then I unfolded the long inlay card of the cassette and there she was, resplendent in black and white under the thank yous, in which she was referred to as Jackie O, the cave woman. What was that about? I was a kid on Christmas Day with so many questions. Around that time, Bananarama was comprised of Sarah Dillon, Karen Woodward and Siobhan Fahey. They had had years of hits in the 80s and had just teamed up with producers Stock Aiken and Waterman for the album Wow. And the album was doing just that. It sold shed loads and Bananarama were the biggest girl band in the world. However, all was not well. Midway through the promotion of WOW, Siobhan announced that she was leaving due to creative differences. She was unhappy with their new Stock Aiken and Waterman sound. They agreed that her final performance would be of their recent hit I Can't Help It at the Brit Awards. Her replacement would be their friend Jackie O'Sullivan, who was the former lead singer of the Shillelagh Sisters. Sarah and Karen knew Jackie had a wild side. Jackie was a bit of a partier, but so were Bananarama, and they thought she would fit right in. At the time, Bananarama were getting a lot of flack from the music press. To go back a bit, Bananarama were not some fledgling girl group that had been put together by a management team. They wrote their own songs and were very creatively involved. By this time, they had four hit albums under their belt. They had sold lots of records, but they had yet to prove themselves as a live act. There was a world tour on the horizon and the next single was due. That next single was I Want You Back and Jackie's first job was to go into the studio to re-vocal it. The new version had a more confident vocal performance than the album version and it became one of their highest charting hits in spite of what is now regarded as a very un-PC video. 
The next single of this new lineup was a cover of a little-known Supremes track called Nathan Jones, which is now regarded as one of Bananarama's finest moments. The song was accompanied by very complex, syncopated choreography, and when I mentioned this to Jackie, it was the only time I genuinely saw a look of horror cross her face. This was a new era of Bananarama. Dressed in black, the choreography was executed off the beat. It was very striking. It led to one of my favourite moments, which I think sums up this era of Bananarama. They were performing the song with a team of dancers on Wogan, which was a live TV show back in the 80s. Somewhere around the second verse, Karen gets the routine wrong. In the long shot, it is very obvious. Karen pulls a face and Sarah laughs. And then Karen throws her head back and laughs. And Jackie continues on the side. They followed this with a brand new track called Love, Truth and Honesty, which was written by all three girls. The new look Bananarama was a smash hit. Then something weird happened. They announced that the next album would be a greatest hits. The cover featuring the three original members. As a kid on Christmas Day, this made absolutely no sense to me, particularly not with Siobhan on the cover. Maybe there was an album owed to the record label, or maybe the release was scheduled anyway. Or maybe it was released to promote the massive world tour they were about to undertake. But releasing this instead of a record of new material with the new member was odd. Looking back, they were having huge success. But maybe at the same time, they were in a state of flux. Because behind the scenes, they were trying to move their sound away from the homogenised sound of the Stock Aiken and Waterman hit factory. Maybe releasing the greatest hits was a way to delay another album and they would have time to find new producers. Lots of new material was recorded around this time and an album referred to by fans as the 1989 Sessions was shelved. After a massive world tour, they came back with a new album, Pop Life, produced by Youth. A funky 90s dance record with some of Bananarama's finest moments. Gems like Preacher Man have completely stood the test of time. The album's tracks were remixed and polished. The band pushing for the funky progressive remixes by youth and the label wanting the bankable Stock Aiken and Waterman sound. It was a push and pull, resulting in a huge number of remixes for the singles. But that was the push and pull of being in the biggest girl band in the world. The album was a critical success, but underperformed in the charts, reaching just 42 in the UK. Behind the scenes, things were starting to get out of hand. Jackie had never really found her place in the band. She was still seen as the new girl and hating the press attention meant she wasn't giving them anything else to talk about. Jackie's partying ways were an open secret. The band recorded a comic relief song with French and Saunders and Kathy Burke played Kim, a character parodying Jackie. Okay girls, let's go for the top. Okay, okay. Oh, hang on a minute. I think Kim's gonna be sick again. All right. Let's do that, Ursh. Doesn't matter. Let's do it. Ready, girls? Yeah. yeah. I'm a bit toppy. Yeah, Pete. Kim was constantly hungover and being told to shut up whenever she interjected with an idea. Japan? No, I, I didn't like Japan. There's no air drives in the room. <laughs> in the bar. Oh. You're feeling sick. She's going to be sick. She shouldn't say anything. I think she shouldn't say anything. You do anything. the interview just with us. And only if she only say only answer a question if they say Kim before it. <laughs> there was friction between Jackie and Sarah and Karen, and to say Jackie's partying was causing problems was an understatement. And Jackie, we're not sure where Jackie is at this moment. It was her birthday yesterday. Um, we yeah. lost contact with so her. So she may be out celebrating? Temporarily. <laughs> we're still celebrating. <laughs> Probably. Well, maybe Jackie. she could phone you and, and tell you who she is. Yeah, let us know if she's all right. Absolutely. Eventually, Jackie was called to a meeting and she was fired. And Jackie O was never heard of again. She made some demos as a duo under the name Slippery Feet, but they went unreleased. Reeling from the failure of pop life, Bananarama continued as a duo and returned to Stock Aiken and Waterman to make a full album, Please Yourself. This album is apparently not well regarded, but I actually think it's great. Last year, Bananarama released their 11th studio album, their 6th as a duo, and also a live album. The year before that, they reunited with Siobhan Fahey for a reunion tour and a live album and DVD. 
After that, they agreed to go their separate ways again, reportedly after some studio sessions not working out. Siobhan reunited with Marcella Detroit to tour again as Shakespeare's sister. Bananarama have reissued their entire back catalogue. Deluxe editions, single collections, coloured vinyl, limited edition cassettes and live albums. At a recent fan Q&A session to promote their latest album, In Stereo, the duo fielded a lot of questions about Jackie. It's glaringly obvious the only vintage of Bananarama that has not been reimagined are the Jackie O years. But just because that hasn't happened doesn't necessarily mean it will. After Bananarama, Jackie was in a dark, self-destructive place. She was too recognisable to stay in the UK, so she left, and she led a very different life. She then found yoga, trained as a teacher, and came back to London. Until now, Jackie hasn't really talked about her time in Bananarama in any great length, but in what she has said, it's been very clear that Bananarama is not something she wants to revisit. But at our interview, well, there was a glimmer of hope. But you'll hear that glimmer for yourself. I met Jackie at her yoga studio. When I arrived, the door buzzer wasn't working and she had left a note at the door to tell me to go upstairs. I walked up the stairs of a wooden Dickensian building with crooked doors until I came to a bright little oasis on the second floor. When I met her, she was wearing a sparkly red scarf on her head. Her hair was tied back and she looked fantastic. The years have been very kind to Jackie O. When you meet her, it's hard not to feel like you're in the presence of somebody really cool. Someone much cooler than that doe-eyed brunette that was on the cover of Love, Truth and Honesty. She is matter-of-fact about her time in the band. It's clear that she's very much in control of her feelings around it. She is brilliantly articulate and really good fun. And there's something very self-possessed and zen about her. After the interview, I asked Jackie to sign my vinyl copy of Pop Life. We did a selfie and I left. When I was going, she mentioned a few things that were happening that day, which I won't go into. But it must have been quite stressful. She said, This morning I thought a yoga class. Then I did an interview with you about being in a girl band. Then I had that stuff happening this afternoon. And then after that, I'll teach a yoga class. My life is mad. To be fair to her, her life is mad. She's lived the highs and the lows. But what's pretty obvious about Jackie is she is very strong, incredibly resilient and effortlessly cool. This is the legendary Jackie O. Well, it's very exciting to be sitting opposite the legend, <laughs> Jackie O. <laughs> That's right. I am completely the legend. The yes, legend, in my Jackie own head, O. At least, at least, at least. <laughs> um, so, I mean, we have to we have to talk about uh, where we are because we are in the middle of London We're in, in a little Soho. yoga oasis. Yeah, just on the end of Carnaby Street, uh, where I do teach some private yoga classes. Um, and uh, also this is a studio where I film actors doing their commercial casting so many hats my friend many, many hats, hats. <laughs> but we want to talk about one of the hats and that yeah, is that, that you you were you were in Bananarama yeah that's what I did for a, for a while I joined um, one of the well the biggest the biggest pop pop in the world time. and I happened to join them when they were actually the um, in the Guinness Book of Records I joined at that point. Yeah, you were like, yeah. okay, work like, up to it, girls. <laughs> when you're ready, I'll step in. Exactly. So my picture is in all the Guinness Book of Records. And I literally had only just joined the band. I was like, <clears throat> yeah, Amazing. thank you. Amazing. I always wanted to be in the Guinness Book of Records. It's so big when we were kids. Yeah, you know? of course. Like it was huge. that thing. It was Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. And so actually, speaking of Christmas, the, the I, I got the Greatest Hits collection at Christmas. Because it was right. just at that time you stepped in, wasn't it? They were just doing a Greatest they about did. to do a Greatest Hits. They did. Uh, was it Wow? Yeah, they just done Wow, and yeah, then... Yeah, so I joined a, 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 about the... they just released Wow. Siobhan had left after the Brits uh, show, the awards. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I joined just after that, so and that's that, crazy. Was it really, really strange to come in when they had been so successful and everybody knew them? Okay, so, well... Hmm. I have been in, you know, been in... Music. Yeah, you were, you were in Shillelagh Sisters. Sisters. Yeah, you were kind of like an 80s Imelda May. I suppose uh, yeah, the best way yes, to describe exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. And actually, we are, Lynn, who's the bass player in the Shillelaghs, is really good friends with Imelda. So oh, okay. It's kind oh, right. of weird. It came a full circle because Lynn's a double bass player, so they met musically. I joined, yeah. Um, 
And I just, you know, I was like very uh, big party girl at that time. Like <coughs> totally hed- hedonistic. I was hanging out with Frankie Goes to Hollywood and, uh, you know, just loads of people of that time. This was before Bananarama. And, um, and I was having lots of fun. And so someone said, um, you know, would you like to join Bananarama? It was Pete Waterman, actually. And um, I didn't even think about it. I was like, yeah, I've got nothing much else going on. Yeah, yeah. Didn't think how um, how difficult it might be. Yeah, of course. I mean, it was a lot of hard work. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but I did it unthinkingly. But yeah. I think that's maybe how the spirit you should enter into something like that. Not overthink it. Actually, Siobhan said, uh, <clears throat> it's going to be really hard. I would yeah. do it if I were you. Really? Yeah. So... She so when she left, she they were they were at the top of the, the game. Like as they you were. said, like her la, her last performance was the Brit Awards, yeah, they where were. they did the big. Yeah. Um, but they were also getting serious flack because at the time they were, um, like I suppose all the stock and Waterman stuff was you know yeah, very that's much why in the to pop company. It became too pop, I think. Yeah, them. they were they were very pop, and also they hadn't done live stuff no. really. That they were waiting to do that. And live really, stuff. they belonged to a, a factory which was PWL. Yeah, and, and literally they could write a hit for any of those people on that label, and so you you know I mean, yeah. <clears throat> all those songs could have been given to anyone. If yeah, you know there was what a, I mean. there was Although a sound. I know that and, Sarah and yeah. Karen and sometimes me wrote uh, lyrics and stuff, but you know they kind of could have. But there was a sound, yeah. Yeah, so, so I think that's possibly why Siobhan was becoming and, unhappy. And when she left, then you. You were called, like, I did a little bit of research, and you were apparently called to a meeting, but you weren't sure what it actually was for. No, I didn't for. know. I got a call, because I'd worked with Pete Waterman in the Shillelaghs. I got a call from Pete Waterman saying, um, I've just got some a proposal for you. Would you like to come in and like, have a chat? And so I came into the office at PWL, because uh, I know him, I really love Pete Waterman. I get on very well with him. And he was there with Hillary, who I didn't know then, obviously. Hillary was the Nana's manager. Okay. And um, he said, well, we're wondering if you'd like to join quite a successful girl group. And I was like, sounds good. Who is it? <laughs> and he was like, Bananarama. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah, why not? You know, yeah. like immediately I said, yes. I think Hillary was eyeing me up a little bit, even though I did know the girls already. Yeah. So I knew Siobhan most. And then I kind of knew Karen and Sarah from clubbing. I used to run clubs in the 80s and stuff like that. So they'd come down to the club so I'd see them out. But Siobhan I'd known before that in the kind of earlier club scene. Okay. Yeah. So there was a connection. And straight away you were, like, obviously there was no ramp up because they were in the middle of promoting oh, yeah. Wow and getting ready to do the greatest hits. So did you have to go in and do you have to re-record anything? Um, yeah. So I think the first thing I did was re-record Nathan Jones. Which is quite iconic, you know. Yeah, the pretty iconic, and also the and a lot of movement on that, a lot of, <laughs> of dancing. My God, that was a hard one. Um, and then I did "I Want You Back," so that was my first kind of me single. That was my introduction. And I'm sure when they were recording, they recorded all that stuff together. So was it a bit weird for you to then? They're all sitting in the booth and going, "Okay, Jackie." Yeah, well, actually, we <laughs> normally let's have went in the booth together. Which all right, was very okay. Unusual for me because I'm a singer on my own. Okay. So you were kind of all doing everything together. You never oh, right, did okay. a kind of your own vocal. Okay, so they just re-recorded the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, oh, right. not often. I mean, you know, obviously little bits, but uh, mainly you're doing the three, the three vocal, which is. Well, that must have been weird because you were front and center with Shillelaghs. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So I'm used to kind of doing my own thing, singing however I like, but then I had to mould myself into that kind of sound. I can hear myself very, very clearly on those vocals, even though I was trying to fit in. Oh, right, okay. I mean, I can really hear myself, you know, trying to kind of... Calm, blend in. Yeah, blend yeah. in a little bit with, yeah. the, with the vocals. But um, I think the hardest part was, I think, literally not that long... Um, after I joined, we were getting ready to go on a world tour. So I joined, literally, I think because they wanted to do the world tour. And I had experience, obviously, with live music. Okay. I'm, I'm, you know, capable of doing all of that. So I think that was also part of it. Part of them choosing me. And it wasn't just, like, they weren't just playing a few clubs. This was a, It was a massive world massive tour. They were going tour. everywhere. And also it was the tour that had been... 
I think had been postponed a couple of times like they were kind of saying oh it'll be this year it'll be this year so there was maybe a huge... I don't know about that but okay. I, I literally remember um, still being quite a big party girl but having to go to like lots of dance rehearsals the first one I turned up to <laughs> I've been tripping the night before and as it was, is and still was a little bit the next morning me and my friend turned up with like um, Blade Runner black eyes and tutus to the first rehearsal with Bruno Tollioni and he was giggly about it but the girls not so giggly about it okay so we were pretty much out and okay, Polly so you're my friend was the joining start. me doing the um, routines and so I think they did about half an hour and sent me home that was ha- that was the start. <laughs> that this was the start. Okay, on. this is how it's gonna yeah, go. <laughs> yeah, they should have known then and just stopped it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but how did you? So, what was the world tour like? Because you're you're the new girl and you're out. You know, like massive pressure, massive arenas. Yeah. So for me, I absolutely loved it. it, it I absolutely like the the uh, the difference from the Shalali sisters is literally you get up and you play your instrument. And you're live and you're doing your thing. Yeah. The Nanas, you are like a part of this big machine and everything's kind of done for you. And you've got wardrobe and you've got all of that stuff. So it's a bit like the dream of, um, you know, joining a big band. So that is the dream. And the live stuff, amazing. I love doing all the live stuff. It's not all live. I mean, we had some, I think most bands do now anyway, have a little bit of backing on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tracks. Um, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, so it sounds a bit more like the um, singles. So, yeah. So that was that was my favourite bit. The bit I really didn't get on with is this, is the interviews. Press. I hated okay. it. Yeah, I can understand I that. I didn't know that I'd hate because I never did that in the shillelagh. Yeah. You know. But um, you were also... I, I always felt back then they were gunning for Bananarama. Like there was the, yes. the, there was just a real like, this isn't just a sit-in interview to talk about how great your new single is. Yeah. It was like, let's see what we can pull out of this. Yeah, but always trying to kind of pull them down yeah. and say how stupid they were and um, just kind of generally agitated by the girls. And I think that is because they were quite strong-minded yeah. women. Um, and, well, for me, I know I hated it because... Literally, like you're the new girl. That's, this, that yeah. went on for like five, four years nearly, you know. So yeah. you're the new girl. How does it feel to replace Siobhan? And when you're sitting beside two people whose band it is, yeah. if they ask a question, <laughs> I'm not going to be the one to answer that question. So I found myself sitting there like... And yeah. also being a little bit judged by the girls if I said anything. So there was I know, that. yeah. Yeah, there was that. And was it a bit hard then when like you're in the band... You know, you've you've had a couple of singles out. There was uh, Nathan Jones who wants you back, and then all of a sudden, the greatest hits comes out, yeah. and Siobhan's cover is on the cover again. Yeah, because I remember thinking that's a bit weird. Yeah, it was really weird. Actually, the the record launch or the album launch in Soho um, had none of my pictures on the wall at all. So I was the girl in the record launch. But the album covers and the pictures and everything, there was nothing of me. Would nobody have done? <laughs> and uh, someone kicked off about it. it. wasn't me, but someone kicked off about it and said, you know, why Why have you got her here if you're yeah. not actually representing her and she's not anywhere to be seen? You know, so yeah. I, I should have got some messages from that way back. It was like, yeah. I think they wanted to keep that threesome. Yeah. You know, and it and was never like the same And you've a placeholder for, for a little while. Yeah. Even though, I mean... I mean, maybe it was the the age I was at the time. For me, Bananarama was from mm, I Want You Back, Nathan Jones, that era, because they'd been going for a long time beforehand and the sound had changed. Yeah, that's so weird because, you know, if if you're led... I sound really bitter, only a little bit. If, if <laughs> I was a led bit to bitterness. believe what I was told, which is that, you know, no one really liked me, um, I wasn't very popular probably part of the reason why they wasn't so successful and you kind of got fed that a little bit and then when I left and I didn't have anything to do with Bananarama at all and then Twitter started happening yeah so I went on Twitter and then I had all these people going oh my god Jackie we only ever knew you you know you're our favorite where have you been and people very interested in me and I realized then that actually some people only knew the band when I was in it yeah so I was their Bananarama But I think the girls never realised that or gave me credit for that. It's so odd because the Hit Factory, like, and all that PWL stuff, that blasted all of these bands out to everybody. So I think yeah. it was very easy to be 
maybe not aware of Bananarama before then. And you're like, oh, who are these? Amazing. Yeah, yeah. I not realised they've been really around for a while. Them when they did Venus. Yeah, yeah, because Indeed. there was so much before. I love that yeah, song. New track. Yeah. But before that, I wasn't really that into Bananarama. You know, yeah. I didn't really know of them, to be honest. I didn't. And then when you, like, you were one of the writers on Love, Truth and Honesty. Yeah. Which is like, to me, that is the quintessential Banana Ram song. Oh my God. That and Preacher Man, I love from that oh, whole yes. time, you know. Yeah, yeah it was yeah, amazing. Yeah. That was a good album. I mean, that was with youth and yeah. uh, it was just a, a delight to do. Well, to, like talking about the Twitter fans, I mean, Pop Life, the, the album you yeah. did with, with Banana Ram, that is, that's definitely a fan favourite. I know. I mean, it's Come definitely on, it's the, iconic, yeah, <laughs> the iconic, the iconic Bananarama really album. Good album, isn't it? And they they were in a bit of a, they were trying to get away from Stock Aiken and Waterman at yes. the time, and they were trying to rediscover their sound. So you yeah. were in the mix of that, and there was lots of, like, like there's the you know the the 1989 sessions of all that stuff that then went unreleased. Was it was it weird to be, the new girl in a thing where they're kind of, scrambling a bit trying to find the new sound. Or were, no. you, or were you just... Again, dis- I was probably unconscious. To <laughs> Literally probably unconscious to anything that was happening around me. So, you know, it was like turning up, doing stuff, um, and just enjoying the moment, really. And I, I, just, I do remember, because I knew youth who produced the album before, from, from being a punk in the 70s. I went out with his, one of his best friends. So me and him had a connection. Okay, so right. We had a real connection. So I really loved... Um, working with him it was it was it was probably the best time for me recording with bananas it was a great the, the, like that album was great like there was just something was about probably the, making music yeah it was really really it has that there's just that sound of its time it's quality, but still it? yeah I mean, that's exactly it's really good quality came pop. from killing joke the band killing yeah. joke and then put him with Bananarama. Yeah. And that's what you got. It was kind of Yeah, like, it was brilliant. It was amazing. It was really. so amazing. Yeah, kind of a real little mixing pot. There's, obviously there's a couple of things that because Bananarama were so huge at the time, yeah. they got involved in, which must have been incredible. Like for example, you're on Band-Aid 2. Yeah, God, yeah. That must be, that yes. must be, I mean, that, I know, every Christmas that gets, Jason yes. And, um, I still, I'd rather have been on Band-Aid 1. <laughs> I mean, Band-Aid 1 was a bit cooler, wasn't go, it? <laughs> yeah, no, I was on Band-Aid 2. Yeah, we could just say I was on Band-Aid. Yeah, who was in it? Kylie. I mean, some people are like, Kylie! Yeah. But, you know, it's not quite the same as, like, all the other, like... But it still must, it must have been a great day. Oh, it's amazing. Uh, and, well, like, the yeah. fact that every year that comes... Me and Jimmy Somerville were trouble. Yeah. We had a little bonding. <laughs> a little bonding a moment. giggle. Um, and I think if you look at the pictures, I'm off to one side. The girls are together. <laughs> I'm off to one side with Jimmy Somerville. And we just uh, had a bit of a drink and a laugh that day. So, yeah, it was good fun. It Brilliant. was good fun. And one of the other things that you did, which uh, must have been very exciting, is you are forever immortalised uh, by Kathy, Kathy Burke. Oh, my God. See, oh. how these are life's weird things. Oh, I knew Kathy Burke. No way. Yes, so she used to go to the same drama school as my best friend back oh, then, okay. Joe Hargreaves. Kathy used to go to the same drama school, so Kathy Burke knew a bit about me. Okay. And we used to see each other around my friend's house. This was probably late seventies. Oh early wow! 80s. Yes. Yeah. Um, so she would have known about me being sick and falling out of cars. And stuff like that. <laughs> so that's you know she had a good grounding there. But how French and Saunders knew all these kind of little inner stuff about bands and groups and people they know stuff yeah you know they do put something out there it's really on the money i think that whole thing that i always think there's enough like going on in that what it was it is it like an eight minute sketch and song so good it's It's so good so brilliant was it people think that i'd be upset by something like that i'm like it is hysterical and it's actually very close to the mark. Yeah. It's really close to the mark. <laughs> the best comedy is always right on the mark with a little bit of tragedy just sewn in there. <laughs> they kind of portrayed a little bit bullyish and then me just not being quite present and being sick and drunk. Okay. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> and when you were doing that, was it like how long did it take to do all that comic release stuff to between the recording the video and the song and the um, couple of days really I mean it's you know it's not a, it's not a great deal of, and then them turning up in the studio and doing all you know, yeah. the stuff with the polka dots and yeah. you know they're all they were doing Lalana Nini News yes yeah that was a great day that, that was must have been so Burke, much fun though, has to be 
the funniest person, not just the funniest yeah. woman, the funniest person on the planet. She's like the incredible. She says now on Twitter, oh, like, I love I you. Know. I'm so proud to have her play me. I feel like, yeah, I've been played by Kathy Burke. So I mean, that's pretty impressive. It's pretty that, impressive. That is a damn good but story. She's a total heroine of mine. She's, I love oh, her. yeah, she's a legend. I she's an her. absolute legend. And w- now, when you, you know, you're, you're in a different world at the moment and you're, you're doing singing at the moment as well, which we'll talk I about in a minute. Yeah. But um, is it very strange? So, even for people coming in for castings, I mean, you must still get recognised. You look exactly the same. Well, oh, thank you. Uh, suede tongue lizard. You know. <laughs> um, uh, well, um, actually, not that much anymore. Be- um, uh, every now and again, you get these people looking sideways at you and they do recognise you, and then they're like, Did you? like the girl and I'm like yes but I actually don't really say too much about that anymore you know like actually this morning I was teaching a yoga class around the corner from here in Oxford Street and the woman there went I heard something about you and I said oh what's that she said you used to be in Bananarama (laughs) I said how did you find that out she said rumours 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 and I'm like well I never tell anyone you know, because yeah. I've been teaching yoga now for so long that I forget that I used to have another life. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so, yeah, it's weird. Every now and again, someone kind of, I kind of try and keep those two worlds separate. I know, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, can understand they are it. quite um, different, but I'm trying to embrace the whole of me. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, speaking about embracing the whole of, of you and like the youth album and stuff like that, Bananarama over the past, say, five or six years have really embraced the past you yeah. know they've they've, oh, yeah. they've reissued everything absolutely they've you know they got back with Siobhan they did the reunion yeah, tour yeah. and they then released a new album where they did a Q&A before the gigs that's right I heard about that and yeah. one of the questions that keeps coming up is Jackie O Jackie O and is there any chance there will ever be like a reunion a gig to do the Pop Life album or has Weird. there ever been a conversation I would say <clears throat> up until probably beginning of this year I'd have said you've got to be joking you no not 100% never no never never no no but I think just because I've just recently got interested in playing live again I leave that door open a little bit you know I wouldn't now say absolutely not quite got a little bit jealous a little bit jealous of the one with Siobhan and them two the show was helped by Pete Lorraine, who looks after okay. many, many people, um, was designed and done so brilliantly. Did you go see it? No. Uh, no, that would, that would be hard, wouldn't it? Too tricky. I mean, you'd have, like, you know, people... Well, I was at the Belfast show where they did Love, Truth and Honesty before they... Oh, they dropped it. Uh, they dropped they? it, yeah. And I was just like... Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. my God. I think they're I doing that. And then the I was clip. like, but I'm... Well, you know. was like, nah. Nah, I'm not doing that. That's Jackie's song. Oh, uh, yeah, Paul, it is. Jackie's yeah, that stuff. is. It's your era. Yeah. Like, and it's it was really weird, because your... when I saw it, I felt a little bit jealous. Yeah. I was like, no, that doesn't feel right. Yeah. And those feelings for me were kind of new. I thought I'd just be like, however. But actually, I did feel a little bit, oh, I kind of wish I was doing that a little bit as yeah. well. Because the shows were... It, it was amazing, yeah. Amazing. It was really great. So about the one after with the, just the two of them, I, I, I saw some of that. It wasn't quite as spectacular. Yeah. I think Pete Lorraine put those shows together so well. Yeah, um, it looked incredible. That was amazing. And there are, I mean, there must be, it must be a very strange thing, though, to, for all the media and press that surrounded all of that. Yeah. When that happened. Like, when, when it was like, Banana Ram were back together. I mean... Oh. It must be very strange to be... It's very hard because uh, well, one of my best friends, Paul Simper, is, has known Siobhan and Sarah and Karen forever. So, of course, he's talking about it. He wants to go and see the shows because he's really good friends with Siobhan. Okay, yeah. Um, and, you know, so it's hard for, like, he's like, are you okay about all of this? And I was like, oh, thank you for asking. Yeah, I'm kind of okay. It feels a bit Yeah, weird. it's weird. It's, it's weird. because your past comes up again and hits you in the face yeah. and you're not kind of... You've no control over it. Yeah, you've no controls. But um, because of doing yoga, I'm a lot more calm about stuff like that now. Like, I'm not that bothered about being here talking to you anymore, which I used to be yeah. really bothered. Yeah. Like, I don't like it. But um, I think you just kind of process things a little differently when you get older. So, yeah, a little bit jealous. But, a little yeah. bit jealous, but healthy jealous, yeah, I healthy think. Jealousy. I think I think it would be really weird if it all happened and you weren't. No. I think you're like, oh. No, I have emotions. <laughs> yeah, of course. You're a human being. <laughs> yeah, I am. 
Um, and how then, like after the youth album and everything, how did it end? How how did you know it was done? Oh God, it's a long drawn out thing. Um, so, well, uh, two sides. One was uh, I began to get very unhappy with um, kind of being sidelined so much. So you know, I came from a being in the front of a band and being my own boss in that band. And then joining Bananarama, that got totally flipped around. I was made totally powerless. And I'd only know that now, yeah. but I got so flipped around and stuck on the end. And you know, that feeling of being fed that you weren't as good as and all, all of that stuff. And them two know each other very, very well. I mean, that's Yeah, not you're always problem. gonna be on it's, the outside. It's, yeah. uh, it's gonna be tough. Um, and I think I was having my own issues around that time. Um, so I think it just, I got more and more distant. So I started, I flipped the um, the self-destruct button, really, in okay. that band. Um, and so I'd be off out partying and, you know, getting off with all kinds of people and not turning up for interviews. And, you know, I just went and had my own, I flew my own mates out everywhere. Okay. They didn't particularly like that. So it started to implode a little bit. Okay. I was very unhappy. They were wanting to change, I think. And so, yeah. And then we, um, I, was there just a phone call or was it? No, a, it was a phone call to say, come over. And Sarah wasn't there, obviously. Um, but Karen always does the dirty work. So Karen um, and me sat down. And I lived around the corner at the time. So, yeah. Okay, so it was, it was hard. Like... I think I walked out of there kind of knowing it was coming. But yeah. Um, kind of relieved and sad all at the same time like what do I do now yeah because it's I'm kind of in like this a relationship. massive band yeah and now I'm gonna not be in this massive band and I need to go I need to work or I need to do something but I'm still really visible as a yeah. part of a you know big girl band um so that I think I hit after that quite a big depression and then yeah. I went off and traveled and you know went back to doing more yoga and how and how do you I'm always curious about how, uh, uh, like, you know, the next day, particularly with, yeah. with, with, particularly in music where it's something that can be t- taken from you, I think, at the, in that era. You know, yes, it was God, the 90s, yeah. it was like, well, we're not doing this anymore. It's not like you can, like, if you're a pop singer, it's not like you can say, well, I've got my guitar and I'm going to do a pub gig. Yeah, yeah. So when, when that happens, I mean, are you thinking, what are we going to do for money? What, you know, are these people going to leave me alone? 100%. So what are you going to do? You're going to go into the local shop or office and, and have a job. People are like, that's what yeah. I tell you last week. You know, you get all of that kind of freedom um, taken away from you because you cannot literally go out and go to Sainsbury's without being approached and or be on a bus and have all the schoolgirls not know. You know, they all yeah. know who you are. So all of that was kind of taken from me, I feel. Yeah. Obviously, I gave it as well. But it's all taken from you. And then all of a sudden, you're like, that's the end of that. What do I do now? Yeah. Um, I, I just went into, like, mad partying again and, you know, self-destruct. But, and then eventually, I thought, I, I need to leave here. I need to leave the UK for a little while. Oh, okay. So I went off, um, lived in Thailand, um, run bars over there. I went there to try and clear up my act a little bit, but I ended up getting even worse, like finding stuff there and um, running bars and like taking in the passing trade. And, you know, I had a life, <laughs> but it was a different one than what I thought I was going to do. But I ended up living in a little hut on a beach and then ended up teaching dive, not teaching diving, doing diving and selling diving courses and then running the local club called the Jungle Club. That's of course there was a club. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. And in the end, the island became a little bit too small for me. So. Okay, <laughs> so Jackie, I had to go. Had to go back. Yeah, okay. yeah, I had to go. Yeah, <laughs> I come back to London. But then I, I completely stopped drinking for about seven years and not doing anything. Wow. Yeah, I know. Okay, and then... So you, some strength, Yeah, you that know? is a serious amount of strength. Serious and then you... So did you just embrace the whole Ayurvedic... Not quite at that point. When I came back to London, stopped drinking, um, and then I, I was, I had been going to some yoga, and I found that like life changing at that point. And then I was going there for like two or three years, and the teacher said, if you feel like you want to know more, maybe you should do a teaching course. So I went off to India, did a teaching course there, and that kind of changed everything for me. Well, the yoga in the first place did, but the teaching course then really. Yeah, I was pushed on a path, if you know what I mean. Okay. That I was waiting for. 
And wow. so that never left me since then. It's like, honestly, yoga is like the best friend you can possibly have. You take it with you everywhere. And you can like just use and um, use the yoga for your healing, for your mental health, for your body. It's like, it's an amazing thing. You're not, you are an advertisement for it. I mean, oh. <laughs> you, really, you, you. you do not look like somebody that was like a hedonistic party animal. No, thank you. Thank you. I mean, I'm surprised. You're you like are. a zen. Yeah. I mean, like, back in the day, people were like, you're going to really suck when you get older. And I was like, mm. no, no, I'm going to hit yoga. <laughs> I've got the yoga button. I've got a plan here. <laughs> so that's what keeps you, you know, that keeps you kind of on the straight and narrow, actually. I'm not saying I don't have a cocktail every now and again. I've yeah, yeah. Yeah. having a cocktail but um that feeling of needing to get lost you okay. know needing to kind of shut things out that doesn't exist in me anymore it's a, it's a that's a very hard place to be when the world is looking at you Isn't and it? when you're trying to do a world tour isn't it and i wonder and how many of doorstep. those kind of young pop stars young pop people are um they also going through that you know they are a little bit often what draws you to being um on stage is that need for um, self, uh, what's the word, you know, um, affirmation of yes. yourself. So they need to be adored. And and that's so, a very lonely place to be. That's a very lonely place. You know, it's not, it's not um, you cannot keep it. Yeah. You can't keep that. I mean, that is not a real realistic And thing. also you're, you're, you're asking the audience for something to fill you up and it, yeah. that's not so always available. Yeah, so then you step off stage and what's happened. So yeah. the only thing you're going to do is probably self-destruct again as well. Um, so I think it's really hard and I see people and you think yeah they're going through that that's really hard yeah and when you like in in, the day to day when you were in Bananarama Mm. um, was there like was was it was there fun was there fun to be had or was it all grand listen Sarah and Karen are two of the funniest girls they really are funny sometimes not so funny you know what I mean it's like yeah, if you're not on the right side of all of that. Yeah, yeah, it's a double be, edge. You can be completely off. But in, in reality, really great fun. You know, good fun to be out partying with. Um, I think we got bored of each other at some point in that respect. But um, on the tour, we had a couple of people with us, um, Jeffrey and Mel, who we'd known forever. And so on the tour, they'd be like my party buddies mostly. So they kept me sane. But there was great fun to be had. I mean, we'd turn up like, in Japan and do, you know, uh, voiceovers for um, adverts and stuff like that and just giggle the whole time, like exactly how you imagine the yeah. panorama to be. And sometimes we'd just be looking at each other and could not do things and, you know, get pissed and yeah. have fun. And <laughs> What's your, what, what do you think was the moment when you were in Bananarama that was the, God, I'm really glad that happened. Like, like one of those amazing time like well, I think it when was, you finally let your guard down and say well actually yeah I wasn't on a ram what's your favourite story to tell well no mine would be I mean it's literally like probably very boring but it is playing Wembley of course because I went to Wembley to see literally everyone you know that was like the big place um, playing Wembley and then having my mum and my four brothers and my sister all come to Wembley and all come backstage and I'm this little girl from a very poor council estate in London who's up there and my mum was crying and my brothers and sisters were like, didn't know really what to do with themselves because they wasn't really sure how to handle me. You know, it's like, that's our little sister. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, you know, that for me is kind of pinnacle stuff in Bananarama. And, and I have to say, even though I did cry, top of the pops. Of for me, top of the pops. Yeah. You know, it's just was like, those two things are iconic to me. You know, being a little girl who was brought up around lots of music, Irish music, but also um, uh, my mum was a singer, a pub singer, and so I was always brought up around music, having four older brothers and an older sister. Music was everything in our family. And then Top of the Pops was everything, you know, with our little tape recorder out to record the, the top ten, whatever it was, every week. So for me, Top of the Pops. But I cried in the toilet before I went on because I was so stressed. Of course. What one, what one was that for? That was for... Mm, oh, no, well, I want you gym. back. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Wow. Yeah. At one. Yeah. I mean, it <laughs> that was, was... I want you back was brilliant. Oh, it was so much fun. So, and the video's a bit ropey when you look at it now. <laughs> so ropey. What? You mean the girls dressed as the three Supremes? Yeah. As the three Supremes? As the as Supremes. supremes. <laughs> Um, it's only when you look at it now you're like oh I'm not I sure like, they would have made I that mean, today really? <laughs> like, 
it's Who like us up? this is is this they cut not out a great idea quite a lot of the videos I don't, there's, yeah. there's two versions of that video oh right okay yeah i think one is the one without us blacked up as the supreme Supremes. yeah we look bloody awful yeah <laughs> and it's kind of weird it's like it's, it's like they weird yeah it's odd it's weird it's a bit strange yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. but that's uh, andy morahan um who directed the videos i love him he's so nice but the video yeah, it's very weird They, the videos around that time were great. Like, yeah. The, even all of the, um, and even the photography around like the the youth album, the, I keep calling it the youth album, around Pop yeah, Life. Pop Life, yeah. It, it was just so cool. Yeah. It, it, was, it was such an amazing look. It was really good. I mean, yeah, it just like, they, they seemed to, I mean, I obviously didn't really realize that at the time, but they seemed to just all of a sudden morph into maturer yes. kind of women. Well, I think that that was, yeah. there's a new girl here. And you know, I, yeah. you, there was. I always thought there was a kind of a sophistication about you that was very. That's true. I'm very sophisticated. Yeah, very sophisticated. <laughs> <laughs> it was the say. long black hair and the sultry looks, yeah, and yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah, okay, no. girls, come on, cop on. Quite serious, yeah. Come on, catch up, girls, catch up. <laughs> so, um, okay, so you're not close. You're not the, the door. The door is always open. The door Just, wasn't open. It's a, it's a jar, a little bit. Um, yeah. Uh, and Karen, Karen uh, has followed me on Instagram. Oh, okay. So, uh, you know, the door maybe to Karen. Karen is open. Okay. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Wow. It would be so cool. Yeah, it'd be nice because, oh, literally, I've met quite a lot of the fans now. I do a little thing called Yogarama ah. where I get all the fans together and they do a bit of yoga. So we do a little uh, workshop. And so I get to meet them all and we go for a little bite to eat after. And um, and they were always like, oh, just please do Pop Life. Like, we all fucking... Sorry to swear. 100%. We all love, love Pop, Pop Life. Life. Just do like, it. come on, do a little show where we can all come and listen to Pop Life. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, I'll do it. Singing-wise for you, you're going to Vegas with Shalady Sisters. I am. That's, That's too long. It's mental. How did that happen? I mean, that I'm sure that was a door you probably thought was closed. Oh, I totally closed it. And if you ask Lynn, she was like badgering. Lynn is the bass player in the Shillelaghs. Me and her um, put the Shillelagh Sisters together back in the um, early 80s. And um, she's been badgering me for probably about 10 years, maybe even longer. Go, come on, let's do this show. Someone's asked us to do a show. Come on, let's do it. And I'm like... No, I haven't got time. I haven't got time. I'm teaching yoga. I'm doing the studio. I'm off traveling. I haven't got time. And then she got me. She really knows how to get me. She knows how much I love animals. <sighs> And she said, listen, I'm doing a charity gig at the Dublin Castle in Camden Town for um, an animal charity in Portugal. She said, don't suppose you pop down and do a couple of numbers and then, you know, it just helps. And I was like, yeah, no, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do a couple of things, a couple of numbers. So I got up and did Boots and a couple of other rockabilly songs. And um, and then there was a promoter there who said, oh, would you girls like to play Vegas? And Lynn was like, do you fancy playing Vegas? I was like, let me think about it. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, let's do it. Brilliant. So we're now in rehearsals, which has been amazing. And we got Boz, who's Morrissey's guitarist, oh, wow. who's also producing um, a couple of, uh, well, re doing uh, Venus in uh -huh. a rockabilly style, which sounds amazing. Nice. And we've we done boots in that kind of same yeah. style. So these boots are made for walking. So we are like, yeah, just over the moon. That's over amazing. Over the moon at the moment. I'm having singing lessons. My voice has dropped. It's amazing. Yeah, but yeah, my voice has become yeah. a little more. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. So um, sophisticated is the yeah, word we're using, Jackie. Sophisticated, <laughs> Jackie. Oh, sophisticated. Um, uh, so yeah, so that's that's kind of where we are, and we're I literally got four weeks before we go off to Vegas. So I'm you're gonna, you're gonna have a ball. Gonna have uh, about two weeks in Mexico before I go to Vegas. And I'm flying into Vegas. I'm DJing there as well. Amazing. Yeah, so DJing in Vegas for 80s, an 80s night. And then we fly back to LA and I'm going to DJ in LA doing an 80s night. Amazing. Oz, who's Morrison's guitarist, is going to be doing the 90s. Brilliant. And I'm going to be doing the 80s. Never DJed like that before in my life, but it'll work. Hey. We'll, we'll make it work. Hey. Just a bit of that. It'll work, it? yeah. Just shaking your hands in the air. And <laughs> yeah, a bit of the... Yeah. <laughs> whatever that was. All of that. Yeah, amazing. Pops. Yeah, the Nathan Jones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Last question I wanted to ask, and it's a question that I, since I, when I got the Bananarama cassette, the Greatest Hits Collection cassette, it was the first cassette I ever got. 
and I opened no. it. Yeah, first cassette. Yeah, Christmas. I don't know what Christmas eighty. Oh. I don't know. And I opened it, uh, and I was like, "Oh, there's Jackie," because I was still very like, "Huh? Yeah, that's not. They've made a mistake." Oh. <laughs> uh, and you were th- you're in the thank yous. It says Jackie O, and then the cave woman. Yes. Can we ask why the cave woman? Of course you can. Um, she's returned a little bit recently, but um, yeah, I was um, kind of woman that would like to. Um, you know, if I liked someone, I would kind of go over to them, club them, and drag them back home again. <laughs> and I just have always been quite earthy, shall we put it that way? Quite, uh, you know, firmly rooted. Firmly uh, decision, uh, choices very clear. Yeah, choices very clear, <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah, that's that's really it, Jackie O'Cave woman. And, um, yeah, she does come out every now and again. L- literally, I, I would love to have been around in those days. <laughs> It's a simpler would. time. I would. It's so simple. So simple. But just, you know, I think I've always been very earthy anyway, so. Well, Jackie, it was beyond a pleasure. It was oh, that's so, nice so to amazing to meet you. Really Lovely nice to meet, to meet you. you. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was the fabulous Scarlet Pimpernel of Pop, the legendary Jackie O'Sullivan. Later that day, when I was at the airport, I was going through security and I'd forgotten to take my Zoom recorder out of my bag, which, if you use one of those, you might know that when they scan it at the airport, it looks like a taser. And the airport security tend to panic a little bit. So I was pulled aside, they opened my bag, and I had to take my stuff out. And it was quite funny because after checking the recorder, the guy that was looking in my bag said, fucking hell. And then he looked really embarrassed. He went red and he looked at me and then he continued to rummage in my bag. At this point, his supervisor came over and I'll be honest, I started to panic because I thought, could someone have put a bomb in my bag or something? What's going on? But they gave me back my bag and I walked away thinking that was a bit weird. Then when I was fixing my bag and zipping it back up again, the guy that checked it originally came over and said, sorry mate, I hope you don't mind me asking. I saw the Bananarama vinyls in your bag. Did you meet Jackie? Because obviously he'd seen that her signature was scrawled across the front of Pop Life. I was kind of gobsmacked and I said, "Uh, well, yeah, I did actually. And he said, God, she kind of fell off the end of the earth. I love Bananarama. Well, not really the end of the earth, just a hut in Thailand. But who knows, Jackie O'Sullivan might be back. She's certainly back with the Shillelagh sisters and they'll be performing in Vegas. If you want to see more from Jackie O, you can follow her on social media. She's at Jackie O Yoga. And I will link into her from my Instagram account. So if you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm at Gerald Farrelly. And I'll tag her in some of the photographs I post from the interview. So you can follow her there and keep up to date with everything that's going on. Who knows what will happen? Who knows? Maybe they'll do a pop life show. Maybe we'll all get to go and hear that album once more and it'll be absolutely incredible. Or maybe she'll continue with the Shillady sisters. Either way, it'll be absolutely brilliant to have more stuff from her. Thanks so much to Jackie O'Sullivan for uh, taking part in this interview and for being a guest and for being just absolutely lovely. She's just one of those brilliant people that you meet that as soon as you meet them, you go, yeah, she's pretty cool. Also, the live Fascinated show I did at the Dublin Podcast Festival will be available on YouTube soon. However, it won't be available as a public video. If you want to get a link to see that, you have to get on my mailing list. So if you go to garodfairly.com, there's a field there to enter your email address and I will send you a link to it as soon as it's edited. Also, there will be an edited version released as a podcast soon. Uh, So stay tuned for that. Stay subscribed. Please like, rate, review. If you like this episode, and it was a very special episode, please do leave a lovely review on iTunes. Um, I don't ask for much but a lovely review would be nice none of your four stars five stars only thank you very much and uh, in the next episode I might read some of those reviews because I haven't looked at them and it's a bit weird anyway there'll be a new episode soon thanks for listening this podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today.